The injury bug is sweeping across WWE. More pay-per-views before WrestleMania? And my personal reflection of the greatness that is the Marine Six. We'll have all that and more. This is the Double Turn Podcast, and it starts right now. Double Turn Podcast coming at you here. Boss Ross, J-Man. From uh, the studios, uh, well, I'll just call it the uh, press box up here. That's what we like to call it. Or at least that's what I like to call it. It's, uh, I'm going to have to figure a name, a name out for it. So it's a humble abode we like to come at you from here. and upgraded uh, from the living room. So many things, as usual, so many things to talk about this week. In the world of pro wrestling, this is the pro wrestling podcast that we started around SummerSlam of last year. It's when I took my break from my hiatus, but... I'll tell you what, coming off the heels of a really good pay-per-view in Phoenix and a couple of really good weeks of television. And not to mention a great pay-per-view at TLC. Yes, indeed. they. This company has been on a roll. Unfortunately, and we'll get to it here in a second, there's been a bit of an injury bug that's been going around. Not as bad as, what was it, 2015, where like half the roster 16, was hurt? Yeah. yeah. Not as bad as that, so we'll give you details on that. We'll also talk to you about the fact that well, quite frankly, the J-Man and I forgot that there was not one but two pay-per-views before WrestleMania this year. Apparently, we have to do a prediction show next week. We'll get into that as well. Plus, I did say that uh, I did watch the Marine 6. <laughs> I promise it will be a short review. That's... I'm really looking forward to that. You texted me Tuesday, and I was like, the hell are you talking about? We'll have our three count, match of the week, show of the week, segment of the week, everything else in between. But first, before we get started, J-Man, how are you, sir? My friend, I am fabulous. Thank you for asking. I'm doing well. Life is well. Santi, Andres, and Natalie are all well. How are you? I'm not as fabulous as you. I uh, I don't prescribe to the free bird rule. But uh, other than that, <laughs> it's been a great week. Sure you know, has. when you... When you when you have something to look forward to at the uh, at the end of your week, as Such I do as with this, this podcast, podcast yes. indeed. Where, where I just get to mercilessly call you out for love of your boy, Triple H, and, and everything he does. And, and I'm going to troll you until the day that you meet Mandy Rose and you ask her to be your wife and you take her from Corey Graves, Ross. You well, do that, man. Well, hey, Mandy. Well, well, Graves doesn't have her. and You're right. He doesn't have her, so you've got a shot. My life is a museum. What can I say? The, the injury bug around WWE is rearing its ugly head. This is our new section, everybody. We start with the fact that, uh, well, two people in very prominent positions coming up on pay-per-views. Oh, yeah. Are actually, it's actually more than two, but it's we'll start with the, sure. we'll actually, yes, it is three. We'll start with the big one of uh, the guy that's probably main eventing WrestleMania. We would think. That being Seth Rollins, apparently uh, he's got himself a bit of an issue. Yeah, he's got, about, he's got himself a back issue. Now, here's the thing. I haven't been able to determine as to whether or not this was an injury prior to the Royal Rumble or if there was, was an injury in the Royal Rumble. It definitely did not happen last Monday night. Um, Seth Rollins, as we all know, is the winner of the 2019 Men's Royal Rumble match. Um, great pay-per-view that um, was highlighted by the two great Royal Rumble matches, of course. Um, now, storyline-wise, I think what WWE's going to do is piggyback it off the fact that he took six F5s from Brock Lesnar last Monday night. Um, but s reports say that WWE knew that he had a bad back going into the Rumble. Now, the plan is for him... To, now, WWE is not concerned that this is going to take away 
Seth Rollins' main event slot at WrestleMania versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. They are not concerned with this. What they are going to do is let Rollins heal up at home for about a month to a month and a half. So that means we're not going to be seeing Seth Rollins in action in the ring on Raw, definitely not on the Elimination Chamber, and as Ross suggested, we have another pay-per-view in March, Fastlane. Doubt that we'll see him perform there as well because they want to make sure that Rollins is at 100% for WrestleMania because that's the, that's the be-all, end-all. Um, where I work full-time, we have a calendar year and we have the, the, the school year. School year begins in July, ends in June of the next year. WWE is exactly the same way. The brand new year starts the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. Everything, The season finale of everything is WrestleMania. Right, Ross? That's the best way to go ahead and look at it. That's how I look at it, yeah. it being the, the end of the season and then the start of the next season. I mean, starts people... the very next night. Yes. Yes. So they're going to make sure that Seth Rollins is 100% okay. I'm totally okay with this. Am I going to miss Rollins not participating in the ring for the next week, month or so? Yes. Yes, I am. But I would rather have him not bust his back up and be available for WrestleMania because I swear to you, if we need to see somebody like Baron Corbin in the main event of WrestleMania, no disrespect to, no disrespect to Baron Corbin, I don't, I don't need to see him versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. We deserve to see Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. That's what we need in our life. So here's to a speedy recovery for him, and hopefully he doesn't tweak it, hopefully he doesn't do anything stupid as he continues to recover. I actually have to interrupt you with a Please. bit of breaking news. Oh, boy. I have a feeling. Apparently, there was a press conference for All Elite Wrestling. Yep. And there was a fight in the middle of the press conference. Uh-oh. It was between Kenny Omega. Uh-oh. And Chris Jericho. <laughs> oh, boy. I knew he would do it. Mark out moment live on the podcast. Okay. That was a lot of screeching. Not going to lie. That's why I backed off. Yeah. Uh, so... Well, I, we know where he signed. I well, yes, we kind of already kind of had a feeling where that was going to go anyway. He didn't listen. He didn't show up at the Rumble. He wasn't contractually able to, even though WWE can make anything happen. But in no way, shape, or form does this come as a surprise. And I'll tell you this: this is big for AEW. It is. It is huge for AEW. Good for them. Good on them. They have Jericho, they have Omega, they have Pac, they obviously have Cody and the Young Bucks. Pac being uh, Neville, Neville, by the of way, course. From, from WWE. Yeah, um, they have Adam Hangman Page, you know, they've got some people, and guess what? We, dis we discussed this last week, Ambrose is a free agent coming at, come at night after WrestleMania. You never know. It's true. Ambrose could, Ambrose could go ahead and head right on over to AEW. Andrew, Ambrose has, he's got options. Again, I've said this, and I hate to be the negative person in this conversation when it comes to AEW. I just want to see, like, pay-per-views and events and television happen that's, before that's I get all excited. That that's yeah, all. That's all, and that's fair. That's all I ask. It's fair, but that in no way, shape, or form does that take away from the fact that Kenny Omega signing with All Elite Wrestling is a huge thing. It, it, it really is. It's a big win for this company. It's a big win for Cody and the Young Bucks. All right, so I apologize okay. that That's I had that bit of uh, breaking news. I, I actually just saw the video. It was on. Uh, it was actually on uh, Cody's wife's Instagram page. Brandy, Brandy Rhodes, Rhodes is the chief brand officer of ADW. Yes. So I was uh, searching through my stories and uh, saw that and saw the press conference and got to the uh, slap by Jericho. 
came out in his came out in his bowler hat and everything. It was great. I'm telling you, it was awesome. if, if you guys don't know, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega had a wonderful, and I mean a wonderful match at NJBW's Wrestle Kingdom 12 last year. So this is just a rekindling of their of their rivalry. I have zero issue with that rivalry Love at it. all. Let's get an injury update on the boss, Sasha yes, Banks. not the boss, Boss Ross, but the boss, Sasha Banks. Apparently, she got a little bit nicked up in Phoenix last week, which isn't surprising when you're in the ring with uh, the baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey. Um, details have not come out as to what exactly she is dealing with at the moment, but if anybody watched Monday Night Raw, uh, Sasha and Bayley had a qualifying match against the chaotic team of Nikki Cross and Alicia Fox and if you watch that match Ross can attest to this Sasha Banks did not tag in once in that match and you were like what in God's name is going on apparently Sasha was not cleared to be partaking any action in that match because of said whatever dis- undisclosed injury she is dealing with. The only moment that she had worth mentioning in that match was the fact that she pulled Bailey away from the ring post when I believe it was Nikki Cross who was trying to slam into her. Yes. That was the only piece of action that Sasha saw in that match. Bailey wrestled the entire match. It was a good 10 minute match. She got the pin on Alicia Fox, and Sasha and Bailey qualified for Elimination Chamber for the tag team title match. It was just interesting to see that they would let Sasha go out there. Um, and they sold it as uh, storyline wise Alicia Fox and Nikki Cross attacking them before the bell rang. Um, but yeah, Sasha's a little bit nicked up, so they're looking to kind of get her fully healthy, ready to go uh, for Elimination Chamber. So here's to the boss, hopefully being okay and ready to go in a, a week from this Sunday. Um, so yeah, that's two people that are roughed up. Apparently the third person is, if anybody has been w- watching WWE programming the last week, including the Royal Rumble, Becky Lynch has been limping around. We all thought that was storyline. Apparently, we were wrong. There are reports saying that she actually kind of busted up her knee for real at the Rumble. So, that is the other half of the what could be possibly the other main event at WrestleMania now getting nicked up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, what in God's name? In tar- is, what in Tarnations is going on is the question. Do we have any other news bets? You know what? I was I had the other two news, but Kenny Omega is just that's that's blows everything else out of the water because that isn't a legitimate pen to paper situation. The other ones were two reports. We can go ahead and talk about those at a different time because they're uh, uh, the only way that we could make this even bigger is if AJ. So AJ is a free agent after WrestleMania, ladies and gentlemen. That is a fact. Same with the Usos. And same with the Usos. They have not signed, re-signed with World Wrestling Entertainment yet. Keep an eye on that. This particular, let's keep an eye on the Usos. Ross and I were just talking about this before we went on air. Let's keep an eye on that because they have a very interesting couple of weeks ahead of them. They have what is now going to be called McMiz TV, Ugh. which is the Miz TV, but now you add Shane McMahon into the fray, and they're having that segment next third. I'm sorry, next Tuesday, and of course they have their. SmackDown Tag Team Title Match versus Shane McMahon and The Miz at Elimination Chamber. Just keep a close eye on it. Keep a close eye on who actually comes out the victors. All right, so we talked about this before we went on air, and I previewed it in the tease. 
There are two pay-per-views before WrestleMania. Oh, my gosh. We have the Elimination Chamber, which is coming up here on the 17th of February. Which makes sense. And then we have Fastlane. I totally forgot about that. I texted you this morning. I was like, whoa. So um, the Chamber is at the Toyota Center in Houston where the Rockets play. That is correct. Fastlane is going to be at the Q in Cleveland. Quicken Loans Arena, LeBron's old house. It'll be, uh, what it'll be, Four weeks before Mania? That's what I'm saying. Like, right now, we are 62 nights, or I'm sorry, as of Monday night, Michael Cole said that we were 62 nights away from WrestleMania. Right now, that would make it 59, because it's Thursday. So, uh, outside of WrestleMania, mm-hmm. the only events that they have absolutely secured into their schedule, SummerSlam in Toronto. Yep. Survivor Series in Chicago. At Allstate Arena in Rosemont, which is Chicago. Yep. That's it. And then next year's Rumble, but we don't know where next year's Rumble's taking place. Correct. Yeah. So, why are they having Fastlane? I don't know. There's no need. Listen, WrestleMania is the biggest show of the year, right? In theory, yes. Well, I mean, yeah, it is. It is their be-all, end-all. It is their biggest show of the year. But is it always the... It's not always the best, but it is what (laughs) they strive for every single time. The Rumble's really the best. Also, quick aside. Please. We've had five years of Fastlane. Yeah. This is the third time it's in Ohio. Yeah, the first ever fast lane was in Cleveland. No, first fast lane was in Memphis. Oh, when was the first fast? Lane? Was it twenty fifteen? Twenty fifteen. I'm sorry, twenty sixteen is what I was thinking of. That what main evented was Dean Ambrose versus Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the number one contendership to the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. The the first main event fast lane from Memphis. Can I take a crack at it? Sure. That was twenty fifteen, right? Yes, sir. Um. Fans were not happy with this outcome. The main event for that show was, what was the main event? Oh, it was Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. If Daniel Bryan won, he would have been the number one contender to Brock Lesnar's WWE title. Correct. And by the way, that match between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan was a great match. Uh, 2017 was Owens-Goldberg. That was on the way. Seconds. That was on the way to Goldberg Lesnar. So That's correct. Whatever. Chris Jericho went ahead and came out, and he's the one that kind of screwed over KO. Yeah. And then uh, last year's was uh, AJ KO Zayn Corbin Ziggler and Cena in the six pack challenge, which was a really good match. It was. It was one of the better matches of 2018 for sure. So we're gonna have two pay per views. They are not uh, one brand shows. They are going to be multiple brand shows. Right. So thankfully they're four weeks apart. Even though that's just. Uh, but I still don't understand, like, look, I get that you want to do an Elimination Chamber every year. Yeah. I still don't know why it has to be between the Rumble and WrestleMania, but if you have to do an event and it has to be there, fine. Yeah, I, I actually, I, look, I look at it this way. If whoever is the winner of the Rumble is from one show, then the number one contender to the other title on the other show should have to go through something grueling as well. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can think of is the Elimination Chamber. And I think it makes perfect sense. I actually read that on a report today on a website. I think it makes total sense. I think I would rather just save a chamber for when it's needed instead of having no, no, it no, at I the same time every year. That. I agree with you on that. That's just me. I, I, I'm tired of gimmicks too, but if they're, they're going to keep doing it as a gimmick, then this is the perfect gimmick to do right before WrestleMania. But I'm also the guy that says, why not just have Royal Rumble and then have nothing until Mania? I've, I've and build could, all your storylines and then end your year that way. That's what I'm saying. Like, and you can have title matches already, on Raw and SmackDown and everything else. It's enough that we have one pay-per-view before WrestleMania. Why in God's name are we having a second? I just don't get it. 
WWE, you don't have to do a pay-per-view every month. It's not needed. It's not needed. And then you were, then you think to yourself, oh, why aren't people watching our pay-per-view? Because we don't want to. I'm telling you this right now. And you talk, you and I talked about this off air. I don't know if there's going to be a world title match at Fastlane. There may not be. There may not be. There would be no point because you're having the Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. Let's say Daniel Bryan wins the Elimination Chamber match mm-hmm. in a week and a half. Who's the number one contender that's going to come out to Fastlane, which in turn will turn into the number one contender versus the champion at WrestleMania? Well, you could, in theory, have Daniel Bryan retain at Elimination Chamber uh-huh. and then have some semblance of a number one contender's match at Fastlane. But again... But you don't have a title match. You don't have a title match. Because the universal title match is not... I'm sorry, the universal title is not being defended at either of these pay-per-views. But I'm saying that if if you're choosing to do the pay-per-view, you don't need to do world title matches. I know, but it's the world title. That's the thing. The universal title has been defended six times a year. That's why the WWE title... And that's considered the top belt in the company. I mean, you've already... But here's the thing. You already did Survivor Series. Survivor Series did not have a world title match. Yeah. You know? Uh, what other paper you didn't have a world title match this year? Oh, uh, heck. Uh, oh, no, wait. WWE title. Uh, Super Showdown. No. Super Showdown Super did Showdown have a did, WWE title did, did the Greatest Royal Rumble have a WWE title match? Yes, it did. Okay. It was Shinsuke and Nak- I'm sorry, Shinsuke and AJ, and that's when Lesnar and Roman had their steel cage match. Did Crown Jewel. Yes. Yes, there you go. Both of them were defended. Okay. Yeah. So survive, but you, that's what I'm saying. You've already had one pay per view, and it's. I mean, I mean, look. I think either you're going to have a haphazard world title match, or Brock's working on that show. I would be shocked if Brock was working that show. Brock working in Ohio. That's funny. Well, the, Brock working on a half-ass pay-per-view. If uh, if Fastlane was in Minneapolis, I bet he does it. Oh yeah. And he, by the way, he would get very, very cheered, very similar to a certain gentleman that was cheered in the great state of Washington on Tuesday night. We'll get to that in a second. So I don't know what they're going to do. I do know that Elimination Chamber, as of this moment, has it's a pretty good four card. matches. It's got a good card right now. It's got the uh, Women's Tag Team Championship Elimination match. All the participants have been officially announced. Uh, Nia Jax, Tamina, Riot Squad, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Iconics, Bailey and Sasha, Naomi and Carmella. I'm going to st- – oh, I'll have my launch off point from that in a second. Miz and Shane McMahon versus the Usos Yep. for the uh, SmackDown Tag Team titles. Brian, Styles, Hardy, Mustafa Ali, Randy Orton, and Samoa Joe is the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE title. And Buddy Murphy is taking on Akira Tozawa for the Cruiserweight title. I have to point this out. Every team on the Raw side had a qualifying match. Yep. None of the teams on SmackDown had a qualifying match. In fact, two of them announced via Twitter. Yeah, that's true. The Iconics announced via Twitter, and then Carmella and Naomi had it announced prior to SmackDown, which I'm assuming they went ahead and also made it And Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville just said they were in. Yep. So, now... I've actually had 24 hours to think about this. I think I know where you're going with this, too, because okay. I kind of had to think about it, too. Raw's the only show that matters. No, so, that's actually not what I was thinking. So that's so that's the show that has to have qualifying matches, and SmackDown can just exist. I'm just going to be honest with They've you. They've already told us that with their programming. No, no, no. This is what... <laughs> well, yes, you're. that's what they told us, because they're idiots. At but, least they didn't tout it. No, no. Uh, this is... <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually really... I have a more lo- logical explanation. 
I don't think SmackDown has enough women to be able to have those qualifying matches. But Raw does? Yeah, apparently. All right, so Mickey James and... Okay, hold on. Mickey James and Alexa lost. Nikki Cross and Alicia Fox lost. Nikki Cross and Alicia Fox. Okay, and then... Okay, here's how you fix that, though. Yeah, go ahead. Just make those six work two shows one week. Oh, kind of like have a rebound. And by the way, Lana and Zelina Vega didn't have... Now, I realize Lana's storyline hurt. I understand that. And Zelina's dealing with Andrade and Rey Mysterio. That's fine. She could have been in a match. I'm well aware. I'm just saying. There are ways around this. I know, but it's just... Oh, I don't know. How about have the... uh, What's the... uh, What's that team in NXT called? They're not the Space Pirates, but what oh, are they you're called? About, uh, the, the, the Kyrie Zane and your homie uh, Io Shirai. Io Shirai, yeah. Which, by the way, I could have totally made the argument of them being in the match because this match needs high flyers. By the way, did you know that Kyrie the Flying Zane Pirates? Was, that's what they're called. Kyrie Zane was voted overall Superstar of the Year for 2018 for NXT. I am shocked. Uh, let's okay. You're saying men and women. Yep, the overall competitor of the year. I could see her beating out Shayna Baszler, even though Baszler's been oh, champion the champion for most side, of the year. Yes, no, for sure. But overall, she beat out Gargano, Champa, Champa, wow. Cole. That's NXT fans for you, That's right there. That's crazy to me. <laughs> that is nuts to me. Like, I'm no disrespect to Kyrie Zane, but let, let's be honest here. 2018, I know he didn't win a lot, but it was basically the year of Johnny Gargano. Yeah, I'd say it was the year of Champa. It was. It was. That's me, though. Champa Chompa should have been the overall male of the uh, competitor of the year. Should have been the overall competitor of the year. Some I'm people, shocked that it was Kyrie. Some people would have told you uh, the dream. Some people would have told you, uh, bro, Riddle. Some people would have told you the undisputed era as a whole. Right. Insert air guitar. Matt Riddle. By the way, did you say Caleb? Uh, Caleb Braxton, uh, jam on uh, guitar. Oh yeah, that was. It was adorable. It's good times. Yeah. Uh, that was sarcastic, by the way, but it was so funny. so. Those are the four matches yep. that are announced. Uh, again, this is taking place from Houston. We will have our predictions and preview show next week. Oh, yeah, baby. So, uh, by the way, we are tied at 11 <laughs> to start the year. I, I I had a feeling the first pay-per-view was probably going to be close, even though we both picked both Rumble winners. That never happens. Yeah. Usually usually one of us is way off. Well, yeah. didn't I, who, who did you say was going to win the Battle Royal at Women's Evolution? Somebody unbelievable. I think you said Carmella. Or was that me? No, I said Carmella, which I was completely Look, off. those matches are so hard to pick. They I are. mean, uh, I realized that everybody shocked. wanted Becky and Rollins to win this year, the, 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 and they, they kind of just get did it. Right. it. But you know what? They've gotten it two year, right two years in a row. Well, the Nakamura thing didn't really pan out. It didn't, but Asuka But we'll did. see. Well, yeah, sure. Asuka, it took them 10 months, Yeah, but it panned out. Well, she was another person on the roster. So we so we each have eleven. So we'll go into this pay per view. I have a feeling we're probably going to get close to about seven matches, maybe eight. It seems about normal. If you get okay. seven from the main card and then one cruiserweight title match, the cruiserweight title deserves to be on the main show. I agree, which is fine. I hope they make that happen for elimination. Chief. I have a feeling we're going to get uh, some uh, schmoz match involving uh, one half from uh, the Authors of Pain and one half of the Revival in a tag team match. I oh, guess- wait, it already happened. How much you want to bet that we're going to have a rematch between the Good Brothers and Rusev and Nakamura? Yeah, why not? Chamber. That wouldn't surprise That's me one fine. bit. That is a great pre-show match. It actually is. Great and they actually pre-show okay. match. Yeah. Just saying. All right, cool. It's a way to do it. We're always in agreement because we're geniuses. It's time for the three count. Let's do it, baby. In which 
Jorge and I, the J-Man, yes, I just said your real name, Jorge and I. That's fine. Well, I mean, mine's already given, Ross. Yeah. So the J-Man and I are picking Jacob means our so three most, things. yes, it could mean Jedediah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Brother Jedediah over here. <laughs> That's right. He's helping his boy Triple H uh, build a house uh, in the countryside uh, of Connecticut uh, with long flowing hair and lots of snow. Uh, I'm just saying that's that's my horrible impersonation of The Rock doing the Triple H impression. That's oh, awesome. What a great promo. So it is the three most important things of the week. One, two, three, just like a wrestling count. It can be a match. It can be a segment. It can be something funny. However... I must say that I preemptively said my three count because I'm giving you my 90-second review of the Marine 6 right now. You're, I'm sorry, so that's part of your three. Carry on, sir. The floor is yours. It is not part of my three count. I actually preemptively said it. We're doing the three count in two minutes. The Marine 6, everybody, with Mike Mizanin. That's We're right. Mike. The, that's right. Mike the Miz Mizanin. Shawn Michaels and Becky Lynch. Their names are Rebecca Quinn and Michael Hickenbottom, by the way. In a story in which uh, Becky Lynch's character is holding some girl's dad hostage because of, like, some jury that he's on. And, like, her boss is in the midst of it. That's the basis of the storyline. Uh, seeing The Miz as a babyface cop was bizarre, to say the least. Shawn Michaels was hilarious for the entire movie. What What does Shawn Michaels play in the movie? Uh, Ex-military guy. But is he Miz's dad? He no? is not the Miz's dad. Okay, thank God. Uh, actually, they were uh, both former soldiers, so they actually knew each other. Uh, so the premise of the movie is that the girl who Becky Lynch kidnaps, Miz and Shawn Michaels have to save from Becky Lynch and her goons. The acting was terrible. Shawn Michaels was hilarious. <laughs> the The actual scenes that did not involve them fake wrestling were a bit uh, were a bit weird. However, the comedy between Miz and Shawn Michaels was gold. Uh, there was also a moment, and yes, spoiler alert, three, two, one. The Miz's character is dead. He is no longer going to be the Marine. He is done as the Marine. He dies in the movie? Dies in the movie. What? Becky Lynch kills him. What? Happens. And then uh, there, was a, there was a scene where... Becky Lynch uh, kicks Shawn Michaels in the face. It was hilarious. The selling so, for it was awesome. So wait, does Becky Lynch die in the movie? Or does she and then uh, in the final scene, Becky and Shawn Michaels have a wrestling match on a boat in which Shawn Michaels ties a rope and an anchor to Becky Lynch and she drowns. What? Shawn Michaels, your hero of the day, the Marine Six. By the way, so Miz has done four Marines. And now he's done. Perhaps Bo Dallas believe- will take over. No. Perhaps, perhaps uh, Curtis would, Axel will take over. Let me over. tell you something. I did not see that coming. So the Miz Do is I done with the Marine no. movies. Perhaps Shawn Michaels will take over. Hey, he's got time. He's just working at NXT. Uh, Becky Lynch needs to stick to wrestling. She's she's not a good actress. That is my 90-second review of the Marine 6. Don't go buy it on Blu-ray. Don't go rent it at Redbox either, apparently. No, do it for the laughs. Okay, fair enough. If you want to do it for the laughs, it's like an 85-minute film or whatever with The Miz and Shawn Michaels and Becky Lynch. It was fun for 85 minutes. That is hysterical. It is. You caught me off guard when you went ahead and texted me earlier this week and you said you want to have a review conversation. It is a terrible movie. That's my review. Don't go see it unless it's for comedic purposes only. Unless you're smoking weed. Well... There's a lot of things that could happen when that happens. That's true. You might actually enjoy that movie. 
There was a oh okay. Now I have to look at this, and then we'll do the three count. Fair enough. So oh, hold on, Kurt Angle. Oh my gosh! All right, you want to see a movie? Go see the movie River of Darkness. River of Darkness. Oh, let let me tell you this cast, everybody. By the way, two two point two out of ten on IMDb. That's actually pretty good. That is amazing. Two thousand and eleven. Heyday of Kurt Angle. Wait, TNA. hold on. Is this the movie with um with George St. Pierre too? This has Kevin Nash. Okay. Sid Vicious. Kurt Angle. It's a award winning cast there. Oh, let me tell you, those three alone. That's Oscar worthy. Amazing. Yep. Let me tell you, it is a movie about Kurt Angle being a cop, investigating a, a small riverside town uh, plagued by ghosts which include Sid Vicious and Kevin Nash. Kurt Angle's acting, tremendous. Go see it. I own it on Blu-ray, actually. I'm not surprised. Because it's, it's great. Because Kurt's got that weird wrestler walk yeah. that he does everywhere. So imagine Kurt doing his wrestler walk, but in <laughs> sheriff's clothes. And him being the sheriff that's like, tired of this paperwork in this town. These ghosts aren't real. What are you talking about? And he doesn't drink beer. He drinks milk. No, he drinks coffee. Oh, of course he does. Of course. Because he's a sheriff. So that's the Marine Six. Three count time, everybody. I almost forgot to do it, but I love it. Uh, if you are a person that loves really bad movies, go watch it. Three count time. I'm going to start this week because I've deferred both of the last like three weeks in a row. And I'm you started tis- last week, but go ahead. I don't remember starting last week. You definitely did. Well, guess what? Good. I'm starting this week because uh, it's just the way it is. That's fair. Go ahead. So, Creative director of this podcast. Uh, third biggest, uh, I'm sorry, number one, because we go in that order. Remember how I told you Raw was really good? Yep. This week really sucked. Basically. Okay. So this is the problem Raw has, and it's becoming an enormous problem that I have to bring up like every other week on this show. We were live at the show at Raw right after Royal Rumble. We were. They tend to do a really good job of the aftermath outside of a big pay-per-view. And when I mean a big pay-per-view, I mean Royal Rumble and WrestleMania and and Money in the Bank and SummerSlam. To a lesser extent, Survivor Series, so I'll just say Money in the Bank. Okay. Coming out of a big show, there's normally finality. There's normally progression. There's normally continuity. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are normally things that are very easy for them to write themselves into that make those shows better. True. And not to mention, and I know that we don't necessarily like them, but there is a better amount of fans at the show because it's the NXT fans that also make up half that crowd. And they kind of make it a little bit more enjoyable. Carry on. So, this week, Raw was... Rather pointless. And the reason for that is because, as a viewer, Monday Night Raw, I look at it and I go, okay, I know they're going to have a formula. They're going to try and get me excited for part of the show to start the show with a promo. And it's going to involve a McMahon or a main eventer surrounding a McMahon. Because it has to involve Vince or Stephanie or Triple H on Raw. Or Shane. Well, Shane's on SmackDown. That's why it doesn't count. Fair enough. That's why I mentioned the other three. My apologies. And then you kind of have filler and more filler 
And then we have a progression of the first 20 minutes of the show, like an hour later. And they build. And they try and get your interest. And there's filler. And then there's a good match. After I watched an hour and a half or I wasted my time. And then, and then they give you something that you didn't think you really wanted to see once. You really didn't want to see twice. And you really don't want to see a third time. They give you that because they have to do it. And then, because it's a three-hour show, they have to rep a movie that's probably going to be terrible. Uh. Then they have to give you a segment, which has essentially become what I will call the clown car effect, which is... It starts with one person in the car, ends with 17, they're all crowded, nobody gets over, and it sucks. And then, and then, you have a main event. With main eventers, with no finish. That's a bad episode of Monday Night Raw. If you would have given me a promo to set up the main event, given me filler that's not pointless, Okay. Given me promos and progression to a storyline mm-hmm. that work, given me instances and actual things with characters that I care about, and tell me that you're not on purpose wasting my time as a fan, then I will take you more seriously when after two and a half hours of leading me up to the main event that I know will be good, then I will leave that event going, that main event was pretty good. Right. I guess Raw wasn't that bad of a show because you'll forget the other two and a half hours of Drek that you got to to get to a main event. And by the way, I am not saying every main event has to have a clean finish. I am not saying that. I am also not saying that baby faces have to be the actual victors of every show, of every TV show and every house show, and and at least half the pay-per-views. I'm not saying that. But there was no point of not having a finish for that main event. What I'm saying is... If you're going to do one story, it's okay. If you're reading a book, right, and there's a progression of a story and you get 99 pages through, I realize this is a very short book, but it fits. You get 99 pages through the 100th page and it's one arc. And then all of a sudden on the 100th page, you make a 90 degree turn the other way and it tells a completely different ending. What did I read the other 99 pages for? That's fair. That's Monday Night Raw. That's why it sucked. And that's my number one of my three count this week. Very interesting take. Very fair take, because I agree with you. I don't think it was a very strong episode this week. Um, My number one and my three count might be something that could surprise you here, my friend. And I'm about to hit you with it in three, two, one, go. Over Royal Rumble weekend and in the week after, there was a little tournament called the World's Collide Tournament. Now, this was taking place between 205 Live, regular NXT, and NXT UK. And it was a tournament between multiple wrestlers. The winner of said tournament could be able to challenge for a title of their choosing. So it would be either the NXT UK title, the NXT World title, or the Cruiserweight title. But they didn't specify that in particular. Now, the winner of said event happened to be a gentleman named the Velveteen Dream, and he beat Adam Cole in the final for the World's Collide Tournament, if I'm not mistaken. I believe. I thought he beat Tyler Bate. I thought Tyler Bate lost before that. 
I'm going to look this up. Okay, okay, fair enough. But in the meanwhile, Velveteen Dream did win that tournament. Congratulations to Velveteen Dream. Now, they didn't necessarily ever mention what titles you could choose. So Wednesday night comes around. I don't know why my voice is hitting so many higher levels, but I don't care. I apologize. We get to NXT. Johnny Gargano comes out and he cuts a promo talking about, you know, he won the NXT North American title because he actually didn't cut a promo last week because uh, he wasn't on the show. So he was talking about he won his title, yada, yada, yada. Ciampa comes out saying that they should come and join forces. Gargano doesn't really want to. And then Velveteen Dream comes out. And you would have thought Dream is going to challenge Ciampa again for the NXT title. His words are as follows. He's tired of Big Bad Tommy C. Not literally his words, but you get my drift. And he challenges Johnny Gargano for the North American NXT title. Um, that did happen. That did happen. I love it for multiple reasons, Ross. One, Dream versus Gargano is going to be fire. It is. I'm not saying it's going to be better than Ricochet and Gargano, but it's going to be really, really good. I genuinely believe that. Two, that leaves Big Bad Tommy C. without a number one contender. Case in point, my friend, we are so getting Ricochet versus Ciampa at NXT Brooklyn this year. Well, first we're getting uh, Ricochet Cole in, is it two weeks on I NXT television? If that is the case, now that Dream is challenging Gargano, don't be surprised if that match gets made into a number one contendership match. Between the two of them, winner gets Ciampa in Brooklyn. Just saying. I love this move by NXT because... Gargano versus Dr- I mean Gargano can have a great match with anybody at this point. He really can. Is he better than Ciampa? No. Is he great? You bet you bet he is. He's great. He really is. Um and it opens up that main event slot. You and I talked about it. Ricochet dropped the North American title so he could be pushed back into the main event of NXT. This is great. This is wonderful news for everybody except for my boy Adam Cole, but that'll happen eventually. I guarantee the first person that Ricochet defends that that defends his NXT championship whenever he defends it will probably be Adam Cole and I'll be all for it but I'm about this move man I'm about this move I love it go dream go Gargano that match is going to be dope uh so just to just to let you know uh dream did beat Tyler Bate in the finals oh he did I'm sorry uh dream beat Jordan Devlin in the semis who won a 15-man battle royal to get a bye into the second round okay so Dream beat Nice, Umberto Carrillo, Devlin, and Bate to win the tournament. So where did Cole get eliminated? The semi on the other side? Cole lost to Bate okay. in the semis. Bate beat Cedric Alexander, Dominic Dijakovic, and Adam Cole, and then lost to Velveteen Dream. That's a pretty good bracket. It's a pretty good tournament. Yeah, it is. It's a pretty good it's tournament. It's unfortunate that they didn't. That right there, that's what best in the world should have been. Yeah, but it was in. But it wasn't. But it was in Saudi Arabia. By and the they way, they're going back in it. May. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it is. Whatever. But that is my one of three. Okay. Uh, here is my number two in my three count this week, and that is <sighs> I can't believe. I can't believe I, actually how how excited I am that this is happening. I know that sigh means that I'm about to rant again, but I'm not. I love the idea, 
Okay. NXT loses talent every year. Unfortunately, yeah. And every year, everybody thinks, well, NXT's lost a bunch of talent. We don't know how they were going to recoup. And there have been years that have been worse. Yeah. Where they've lost a lot of talent. And they do have an off couple pay-per-views. Couple of takeover events. Yes. Because they're still replenishing their ranks. Right. I remember when 205 Live was the biggest joke since they brought back ECW. I remember when 205 Live started and no one cared. Why? Because it was 200-pound guys trying to do a Raw match. Yeah. It was small cruiserweights trying to do a Raw-style match on live television. And then we had Triple H come in, take over, basically. My boy. Tell them. Hey, we're going to do things differently. And wouldn't you know it, 205 Live's got some good things going. And then, all of a sudden, I keep seeing 205 Live guys show up on NXT. And I'm like, well, the NXT crowd's going to love it because, A, it's somebody they don't see very often. Okay? I mean, heck, at this rate, seeing Leo Rush not on Raw is a treat. He's not on 205 Live all the time. I believe he's been on at least one episode of NXT. Yeah. But this past week, I'm sorry, it started, I really started noticing it when Tony Nese showed up. Yeah. Tony Nese just showed up and wrestled a match. I was like, that's cool. Why don't we do this more often? And I figured, no, they're going to do it in like six months and they're going to be like, see, we did this six months ago. We'll just do it again. Last night. Drew Gulak's music hit, and I went, Drew Gulak's on NXT? This is awesome. I felt great for you. And he wrestled some jabroni, and I was like, this is it? And then, bro. <laughs> That's great. I got to see a match yeah. between Drew Gulak and Matt Riddle. A strong match, mind you. For free yep. on NXT, and I had no idea what I was in for. That's the type of programming that makes WWE tremendous. Because when you give me an idea, okay, we have all these different circumstances of what if somebody fought somebody else? Boxing, sports. I mean, the biggest one is Tyson Ali. Well, I'm just saying in general, there are events where you there are matchups you don't ever get to see. That's true. We never saw Stone Cold versus Lesnar. I realize this is a touchy subject, but okay, this year, we didn't get to see the Saints play the Patriots. Probably would have been a better game, too. Probably. Probably would have been a really good offense against the best team of the last 20 years. That's fair. Right? We didn't get to see that dream matchup. Two of the greatest quarterbacks of any generation. They're a matchup. And by the way, I am not saying that Drew Gulak and Matt Riddle is like a dream match. What I'm saying is it's a match that I was like, well, that would be kind of cool. They're both submission specialists. Their actual characters are defined and are so different. Yeah. And I just got to see it. They were given time. They told a good story. Oh, and by the way, even though Gulak's a heel, there was a handshake at the end of the match and there wasn't shenanigans afterwards. And and, and not to mention the NXT crowd loves them some Drew Gulak. So they were probably, they were actually rooting for him a lot because they marked out that he was there in full sale. Well, I think they were excited to know that they got to see Matt Riddle. Right. And they got to see Matt Riddle wrestle somebody that is 
pretty competent when it comes to the submission game. Not saying that Cassius Ono's not, but Drew Gulak's been killing the game for the past year and a half in 205 so, Live. I am all on board. Oh, I actually, did the Lucha House Party show up on NXT one week? Or maybe one of them did. The whole point is, if you're not going to put them on 205 Live, and you've got a spot for them on NXT, or vice versa, by the way, there are small guys that work in NXT, have them come over to 205 Live for a week. I mean, Tommaso Ciampa is actually the size of a cruiserweight. He was, him and Gargano made it because of the cruiserweight classic. By the way, I forgot to mention this. Umberto Carrillo main evented both shows one week. It was awesome. Good for him. I didn't even know who Umberto Carrillo was until two weeks ago. I know. And maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong in not realizing the greatness that is, is Umberto Carrillo. Which, by the way, he's put together some pretty good matches since he's been on television. I don't know what kind of personality or character he has, but wrestling-wise, he's pretty good for that uh, for that style. That's true. So, 205 Live, NXT kind of sharing talent. Love it. Love it. That's my two count. I love that. My two count, I'm back into the obvious choices, but usually I'd be really pumped about what I'm about to discuss in my number two of three. But I didn't like the promos that much, bro. And I'm talking, you're gonna in, you're in for a shocker. I'm talking about the Becky Lynch situation right now. And I'm trying to tell you, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. And I'll tell you why. And it has and and it's not because of the reason you think. It's not because, oh, Stephanie McMahon injected herself into the Becky Lynch storyline. Of course she would, because Becky Lynch is the hottest thing going on in wrestling right now. It's actually not because of that. It's because of the stupidity that they're doing with the Becky Lynch character right at this exact moment. Stephanie McMahon didn't do anything heelish on Monday night. She didn't say anything heelish. She was literally just trying to make sure that Becky Lynch was 100% okay, just asking her to go to the doctor and get her knee checked out. She told her, if you don't go to the doctor, I'm going to have to suspend you, and the only way I'll reinstate you is if you go see a doctor and get your knee checked out. Now, Becky Lynch's thing about this whole knee situation is she feels she's going to go to the doctor, the doctor's going to find something wrong with it, and take away their main, her main event spot at WrestleMania versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's title. And she feels that the McMahons are trying to take that spot away from her, even though it makes no sense because the number one supporter of Becky Lynch of the McMahons is Triple H, always has been. Why? Because he's NXT daddy. So, Becky Lynch tells Stephanie McMahon, don't suspend me. And she's like, I'm going to have to suspend you if you don't go see a doctor. She then says to Stephanie McMahon, Stephanie, I won't be responsible for what I do if you suspend me. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard anybody say to their boss. You, oh, like, I'm not responsible for what I do if you tell me what I can or cannot do. It's just stupid storytelling. Like, I understand that you're trying to make Becky into this badass character and whatnot, which she is. She very much is. But it makes no logical sense why Becky would try and attack the boss because she's trying to go ahead and make her go to the doctor. And then all of a sudden they make Stephanie McMahon, oh, she's a terrible hero because she went ahead and clipped Becky in the, in the knee. Becky was trying to put her into an arm bar and freaking break her arm. What the hell would you do? It's stupid. And then we move over to SmackDown. She opens up the show with Triple H because she comes out through the crowd because Charlotte's calling the promo on her saying that she would love to go ahead and have a match with Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania if Becky can't go. Oh, Bex, I want you to be healthy, but if you can't go, I'll be happy. Shut up, Charlotte. Shut up. It's Becky's time. So Becky gets in the ring. She shows up. And then Triple H, NXT daddy, comes out. My boy. And he tells her, you're suspended. Go home. Go see a doctor. Get cleared. You're in the main event. Simple as that. 
Becky gets all biznatchy, excuse for the language, but it's not technically a bad word, so I'm going to keep going. And she's like, how oh, Steph? Did you make sure she was medical cleared? That's a terrible Irish accent. But that pissed me off because Becky's over here getting mad and then showing out the fact she freaking broke Stephanie McMahon's arm almost on Monday night. And then to top it all off, she punches Triple H in the face for no reason. No reason whatsoever. And this is supposed to be a baby face that we're supposed to cheer, by the way. I'm I'm on your side. I'm on your side because I'm a huge fan of Becky Lynch. I don't think I've made a big enough deal about that. I did like Charlotte's uh, comment about how she stole Roman Reigns' entrance. That was funny. That was funny. That was shout funny. Out, shout out to Charlotte on that comment. I'm sorry to, for, to telling Charlotte <laughs> to shut up, but it was just stupid. I needed her to back off. I'm just pissed off at the fact that why, like, why am I supposed to be against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon when they're literally trying to watch out for the health and safety of a wrestler? Why does this wrestler have to be so close-minded to say, you're trying to take everything away from me. I'm not going to let you take away my WrestleMania main event. Although, by the way, I did love how Ronda's calling Becky unprofessional, saying that she almost broke her arm. Pretty sure Ronda broke Stephanie McMahon's arm like three different times last year. Just throwing that out there. But, yeah, but it's Steph. No one cares. Exactly. Nobody cares. Except for me, clearly, because I'm getting mad at the fact that they're playing the Becky character this way. It just, it was stupid. I didn't like it at all. I really didn't. And it kind of ruined Becky a little bit for me. I'm sure I'll be happy. I'll, I'll change my mind next week. I'll be back on the Becky bandwagon. But it was just a stupid bit of storytelling this week. I didn't like it at all. All right. I'm going to piggyback off of you because it's my rant for this week and it's my three count. I don't care how deliberately they try. I have to say this slowly. Becky Lynch is not nor will ever be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Guess what storyline they did where Vince told Stone Cold Steve Austin that he had to be medically cleared and Stone Cold beat up Vince because Vince wouldn't clear him. Oh, Stone Cold's such a rebel. And he's going to go against the office and he's going to do everything he can because Vince is keeping him down. Oh, and throw in the fact that, I don't know, there's the storyline, the underlying storyline of, oh, well, women have been held down for so long against a system dominated by men. Yeah, add that into the mix, too, because it's part of the storyline because she's a man. She's calling herself the man, even though it has nothing to do with Ric Flair. Nothing. It does, though, because Charlotte actually called it out on her promo, but carry on. Has nothing to do with Ric Flair. Sorry. Doesn't. Doesn't. I don't care how they try it. She is not Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't care what fans think of it. Okay? Let me know when Becky Lynch is still relevant 20 years from now, because guess what? Stone Cold is. And Stone Cold will probably be – he helped define an era – Becky Lynch has been relevant since SummerSlam. Let me know when Becky Lynch transcends the wrestling business and changes it and changes the whole thing. Let me know when that happens. It's not going to, and it pisses me off. Next, she's going to have a vest coming to the ring. I'm Stone Cold Becky Lynch. No, you're not. You're not. 
it makes me care less about the storyline. This direction they're going with the character, you know what they should do if they're actually going to make her a baby face? Rhonda should just beat her. Should, they should just beat her and hold it off till next SummerSlam. Oh, no, don't do that. They should. If you're going to do this whole baby face and redemption and turn from a and turn from a bad guy to a good guy, or in this case, gal, whatever, have Ronda just screw her out of the title at WrestleMania, especially since it shouldn't main event anyway. should be Brock Lesnar losing. That should be their main event anyway. Seth Rollins beating Brock Lesnar should be your main event. I'm sorry. The moment would be bigger, yes. It's the way it is to me. I don't even care if I'm in the minority. Do not shove down my throat a storyline that doesn't make any sense. You want to talk about fans being sick of Roman Reigns? I am sick to death of you telling me that Becky Lynch is the biggest thing since Stone Cold Steve Austin. It pisses me off. Audience, mind you. That's my three count. R- Ross is not pissed at me. He's just pissed at WWE it's for unbelievable. that. unbelievable. All right, well, my three count is actually something a little bit more positive. And uh, it's Daniel Bryan and the Elimination Chamber match. I got and, heated. I'm sorry. It's okay. No, no, no. It's totally understandable. This uh, this podcast is all about passion, brother. It's all about passion. How many times have I gone off on different things? Uh, but Daniel Bryan and the whole Elimination Chamber situation is freaking fantastic. It is fantastic. His promo that he cut on Tuesday night was fantastic. Mustafa Ali versus Randy Orton was fantastic. Samoa Joe getting it on with Randy Orton was fantastic. AJ Styles whooping everybody's ass on Tuesday night was fantastic. Daniel Bryan versus Jeff Hardy, even though Jeff Hardy's on cruise control right now, is fantastic. This is a great built storyline. I love. You know what I love about this? My favorite thing about this is even the heels are going after the heels because they really don't like each other. Like, I'm looking forward to Samoa Joe and Randy Orton beating the snot out of each other at the Elimination Chamber in a week and a half. I am looking forward to that. It's going to be sick. I'm looking forward to Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe going at it. I'm looking forward to Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan going at it. And then not to mention, you know, the baby faces going ahead and getting up in each other's faces. Like Daniel Bryan, I'm sorry, AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy? Woof! Get ready, because after their confrontation on Tuesday, this is going to be fire. And you throw in Mustafa Ali jumping off 20 feet from the Elimination Chamber or doing something stupid and busting up his other eye? Oh, baby! Bring it. Elimination Chamber match is going to be wicked. That match is going to be wicked. And the story that they're telling within all of that and the promos that are being cut by Daniel Bryan being apps, Dude, okay, I'm just going to do it. Captain Planet, he's our hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. I've got a new title, and I rock. I'm Washington's favorite son, and you suck. That was actually impressive improv. Thank you very much. He, he is the planet's champion. He is the planet's champion, and I love, <laughs> I love it. it. I absolutely adore it. It's freaking fantastic i need to make sure to get us on a positive train after the rant but it's just wonderful and then you throw in the five other guys that for the most part actually deserve to be in this match Mm -hmm. i'm totally about it brother yes this match is going to be wicked this match should main this match better main event elimination chamber and you would think to yourself oh this match is definitely going to you know main event elimination chamber but then you think to yourself wait there's a women's tag team we- title match in the Elimination Chamber that actually might do so. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked if it did. I'm not going to be mad if it does, 
But I am going to be mad if the WWE title does not main event because that will make it one full year since the WWE Championship has headlined a pay-per-view. And that's really irritating. But it's a first. It's, I know. I get we it. We have to do it because it's a first. I get it. But it's not going to happen. The WWE title is going to main event. And that's and that's exactly how it should be. But everything going on in the SmackDown main event scene with the WWE Championship is absolutely golden. And I wouldn't take it any other way. Best thing in WWE, Daniel Bryan. It's not even close. It's not even close. Well, yeah, because you're not including NXT. You're right. It's not even close. You're right. The planet's champion. Captain Planet, he's our hero. <sighs> I'm... I. I am I'm thrilled that I got that rant out. I'm happy for it you. It needed to happen. Well, you've you've been basically holding out on a rant of that caliber for about two months. You kept on saying, oh, I'm going to do it this week. I'm going to do it this week. J-Man got his rant last week. I'm going to go ahead and do it this week. And you did it. You finally did, and I'm proud of you. All right. Segment of the week. Let's start it off. That was our three count. That was easily the most heated three count we've ever done. And, and I feel really good about it. It wasn't even an argument. You were just making And the yes, point. I I will say again, even though I got animated and I pointed my finger and I was staring straight at J-Man, he knows <laughs> I am not upset with him. Um, yeah. Because so, on the contrary, I actually agree with you ugh. because I didn't like the way that storyline went this week. Last week, I was pumped. So was I. It was it was I was awesome. with you in the room, sitting, watching a Raw with you, which, by the way, I think that's the first time that's ever happened. It is, because the only thing that we've seen together are pay-per-views. Not including Hulu, because that doesn't count for Raw reviews and SmackDown and everything like that. Yeah. That's the first time you and I never watched a Raw. I was, I was psyched. It was I was great. like, this is awesome. It was just a weird way to take the story. I don't understand why they felt the need to get McMahon in there and then to also, oh, She's going to snap on her because they're making her go see a doctor. It just doesn't make any logical sense. And then, of course, your point also does. All right. I see it. Segment of the week. J-Man, you are starting us off this week. What was your segment of the week? Everything involving the WWE Championship on SmackDown. All of it. Which you just described. Which I just described. Okay. The match between Orton and Ali. Joe getting involved at the end of the match. Daniel Bryan and, Je- and Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles coming in and destroying everybody. Like, basically, the end of SmackDown was basically how a go-home show should be, and we still got a week to go. What are they going to do next week is beyond me. I'm pumped. And Daniel Bryan's promo was amazing. Uh, my, my segment this week was the opening segment of NXT. Okay. In which we had Gargano come out. Yep. We had Ciampa come out. And Dream. We had Dream come out. Gargano kind of trying to well okay Gargano was heel then Ciampa came out and he kind of turned babyface for like 30 seconds and then Dream came out and he was back to being a heel again so I kind of like my storyline idea of Gargano kind of wants to be with Ciampa but then Ciampa's reverse psychology saying like hey we should be a team and Gargano's gonna kind of get sucked into it and then I'm telling you, Ciampa's going to screw him over. I'm telling you, as soon as Gargano buys into the idea of DIY again, Ciampa's going to screw him over. It's going to be great. You're looking forward to that. So, I've been very critical of Dream. I will still be critical of Dream. However, I will say, this promo on this night with your two other big-time main eventers. Oh, and I'll also throw in the little 30-second promo that Cole and Ricochet did to set up their match for two weeks from now. Great. Awesome. 
Give me that continuity and progression to the storyline mm-hmm. that makes sense. So you. now I get I get to see Big Bad Tommy C. I get to see a match for next week. I get to see a match two weeks from now, and I get to watch the and I get to watch the rest of the show with good wrestling. And by the way, it has not been confirmed whether or not Velveteen Dream is challenging Johnny Gargano at NXT Brooklyn. I'm just going based on that assumption. I'm assuming that's going to happen. Which is perfect. Which is exactly how it should be. To be honest with you, which means who does uh, Champa face? I'm, I'm probably going, Ricochet I'm going or with Ricochet or well, or if they could do a triple threat between Cole, Ricochet, and Champa. They could, which would be fire. I'm told, oh, would it be fire? That would that would be bigger than the California fires that just happened during the winter time. Which, I don't know if I way, would have used that reference. I'm really sorry. I would have said bigger than. Uh, would it have been bigger than Ricochet, Cole, and Dunn? Yes, yes, it would. I would say it would probably be on par. I I would say it'd be probably a because of my uh, affection for Pete Dunne because he's awesome. We have and an basically, episode called that you're, he's your favorite wrestler. Well, I'm just saying all you're doing is replacing Dunne with Champa, and as great as Champa is, and we as love, great as Dunne are, love Ciampa. I'm just saying, yeah, like it's it's pretty much on par. It is. It's a fan, it would be a fantastic match. Fantastic is not a word that I use lightly. Match of the week. I'm gonna have you go first because I'm gonna surprise you with mine. Really? You're gonna let me go first? Yep. I'm curious to see if you are on the same level as me. I'm going to be very honest with you. Okay. I almost picked the four-way on 205 Live. Okay. Almost. All right. And then I decided better. Okay. Your match of the week is Randy Orton versus Mustafa Ali. Okay. Now – I realize a lot of that is the finish. That, that However, was a sick RKO. This is why it's my match of the week. Remember, I went on that long rant about how I loved the Kurt Angle Drew McIntyre match because of the psychology and everything it represented of the breakdown of one character and this massive heel that's like, "I'm gonna beat you. Yeah. Just give me ten more minutes of me insulting you, and I'm finally gonna beat you." And then, of course, he does. Right. This match is Randy Orton literally walking into the ring, going. Why am I wrestling this guy? I realize he's been on our TV, but he's beneath me. Right. And then Mustafa Ali just has, I don't know, a really good match with a veteran. And Randy Hall Orton. Of fame veteran. At le- yes, thank you. Easily one of the uh top guys of this of, of this generation. Easily. I mean, he's right up there with Cena and Triple H and all these and I realize Triple H is an attitude guy, but I'm saying that Oh well, Triple H is one of those few guys that Crossed he, over. He crossed over sure. because he's continued the career. When you think of this era, you think of John Cena, Randy Orton, and a few other guys. Batista. Batista, Edge, a couple other guys. Taker. Even though Edge was not a taker, of course. Yeah. Point is, so about halfway through the match, I'm looking over at Orton, and Orton's like, what do I okay, do this guy? okay, this guy is for real. Yep. This guy is not just a guy that was called up from 205 Live. He's making me look good, and I'm making him look good. Ali can go. Because trust me, there are several matches where Orton goes, I got to make this guy look good, mm-hmm. and he's not going to make me look good. Right. Okay? There are several times where that happens. And then I could see it. I was like, they're going to do the 054 into an RKO. Yeah. I, I can see it coming. It's and fine. then it happens, and I'm just like. Mark out moment galore. Yep. That's the pin because he's dead. He's just done. Because <laughs> literally, Randy Orton is going to become the Diamond Dallas page. I realize they use the same move, and it's the same type of thing. Now we're just going to see creative ways in which Randy Orton's going to hit the RKO on everybody. And he's, I can't stress this enough. 
he continues to come up with different ways to hit it. I on my on our Thanksgiving episode, my solo show, Ross was out and about in Vegas. I came up with about seven different ways that Randy Orton has hit the RKO throughout his career. It's true. He he did it from a shooting star press. He did it from a choke slam. He's done it from an attitude adjustment. He's done it now from uh, pulling somebody off the ring rope twice. Power bomb into an RKO. Power bomb into an RKO. He's done a curb stomp into an RKO. He's done a Superman punch into an RKO. True story. I can keep going, guys. Oh, he's had it. He's hit it from people jumping off a ladder. Like guys. The man just comes up with creative ideas. There's only a couple of things that he needs to do that's left to hit an RKO with. He needs to hit it from an F5, and I don't know. Maybe RKO, uh, I don't know. Who can he RKO at this Anybody. point? Anybody. 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 Like, I won't be surprised the day that he RKOs his own daughter. Somehow. He'll probably RKO his wife, too. Somehow Joe should get him in the Kikina clutch, and before he puts him on the ground, Orton shrugs him off and gets him in an RKO. An RKO from a phenomenal forearm. Yes. That makes total sense. Or from or in the inversion of a a 450. Yeah. Just grab him right there in midair. There you go. Oh, my Lord. So, Ali Orton match of the week. Yours. Okay. Nope. We completely forgot to talk about this last week. Mm -hmm. Anybody who was... A wrestling fan that was watching Super Bowl 53 was possibly aware that NXT decided to throw a little okay, halftime. Okay, time out. No, time no, out. No, no, nope. no, Halftime no, heat doesn't count. No, nope. no, nope. Nope. Sorry. No, no, halftime no. heat doesn't count. Nope. Sorry. Can't give it to you. In last week. Sorry. It was on a Sunday. That does, That should not count nope. at all. Nope. No. Sorry. You got to give it to me. You got to give it to me. Halftime heat is the equivalent nothing, of you picking a pay-per-view match. this week. Nothing this week compared to halftime. It's too heat. bad. It's not. It's not fair. Halftime heat doesn't count. That's ridiculous. Nope. It, I knew you were gonna go that route. It was route. the six. Oh, it was sick. It was sick. It was great. It was How great. You, don't. Sorry, I have to take that away from you. It would be like you picking a pay per view match on a Thursday but this show. This is a pay per view match. Doesn't it matter. The it still happened on of Super Bowl. If that would have happened at halftime of Raw, it would have counted. There's no such thing. Exactly. Halftime heat was uh, was the equivalent of a spot on a pay per view. Sorry, I have you to take that from you. You copped out last week, and you said that Raw and SmackDown were your two shows of the week. How and I'm going to not- cop out again this week with that too. You can't you can't overrule my cop out. Like that's not fair. <laughs> what, the, what the heck? Pick another match. I can't. That yes, was the best match. There was nothing on this. Okay. Nothing this week that was as good. J Man's official answer is all of the wrestling this week sucked. Good All of the know. wrestling compared compared to the six man tag match that happened at <laughs> halftime heat sucked. Actually, that no. match was unbelievably what, good. I'm gonna write down that your favorite match of the week was Double J versus Elias. Yep, that's your favorite match of the week. Love it. Okay, if you're gonna really make me pick another <laughs> damn yes, match, freaking BS. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. Finn Balor versus Leo Rush was actually quite good. It was. Um, Ollie Orton was good. Of Ollie course, Orton was I fantastic. Um, obviously, you got Gulak and Riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fatal Four Way at Two Hundred Five Live was good. Tell you what, yeah. Did you watch the six six woman tag to end NXT, to end NXT this week? I did not. It was. It was Kyrie Zane. It was Shirai Zane and Belair versus uh, versus Baszler, Saphir, and Dukes. It's pretty good. It was good. It's pretty good. It's not- I'm not saying it was the match of the week. I'm saying it was pretty good. The Fatal 4-Way on 205 Live was very good. You know what else? Uh, Mike Kanellis and the Brian Kendrick had a very good match. 
Don't give me that look. You went on a rant about Becky Lynch for five minutes. Don't not give me that her look. So when, close when literally, I'm trying to go ahead and give you what is potentially one of the best matches of the year in that six-man tag. last week in programming. Ridiculous. Super Bowl 53 was a freaking dud, and anybody who's a wrestling fan had the treat of getting a wonderful 16-minute match in Orlando at the Performance Center between six of the best prospects WWE's got, and you're not going to let me have that as match of the week? All right. Look, if the Thursday after the Rumble, you picked as your match of the week, the men's Royal Rumble. It's the it's exact same different. thing. No, no, it is not. It it's is. not a pay-per-view. I'm sorry that it was halftime. It happened heat. on a Sunday. It happened on a Sunday. I have to put my foot down as the creative director of this show. I'm the executive producer. I'm pretty sure I've got some <laughs> leeway here, too. Hot damn. Fine. 4A tries to buck the system. I love it. Fine. I'm. You know what? Fine. Give me Ollie Orton. Give me I all your you up so good. It's bull. It is absolutely bull. <laughs> I'm really wondering what your match of the week is, Jamin. <laughs> I'm really curious. Really curious. And you cut, and then I come up with the best match of the entire freaking week. Oh, it doesn't count. It didn't happen within the rest of the week, bro. It's true. Out of here. That is, you know, that is unofficially my match of the week. <laughs> I'm going to keep it that way. And when I freaking write up the the promo or, or our intro into this week's episode t- tomorrow morning, I'm going to talk about the heatedness that occurred at the end of this podcast tonight. Or you could just say that we both went on rants. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. People love that. All right. <laughs> show of the week. I'm going first because it's another cop out. Every show but Raw was better. I hate you so e- much right now that every, you would do that to me. Every show, every show. Look, uh, SmackDown had the incredible stuff with all the main eventers. Uh, 205 Live had two really good matches with two pretty good promos with Davari and Murphy talking about the actions and what's going on in, in weeks to come. Davari, why he attacked Hideo Itami. Murphy setting up uh, against Tazawa. Right. Those were both good. We had uh, a, a Fatal 4-Way and a good Kendrick Canellis match. Yep. And then uh, NXT, we had the opening promo that was my segment of the week. I've said this many times before, Jackson Riker, a.k.a. Gunner from TNA, is going to be a star. Mark my words, they are building him because they are putting him in squash matches. They're going to make him a big star. Then, of course, Cole Ricochet, uh, Gulak wrestled twice. Yep. I got to see Matt Riddle cut a promo, and there was a six-woman uh, tag at the, end of the, at the end of the match that was great. Everything on Raw sucked. So you know, I wouldn't say everything on Raw sucked. Oh I mean, no, you it had did. a really good Balor Rush match. You had a pretty good main event with a crappy finish. I mean, I'll say what I'll have to say about the Becky Lynch promo and stuff like that. But the crowd was really, really invested in it. That's like saying you get a four course meal, mm-hmm. and and oh, by the, the way, the revival on, won a number one contendership match. That's like saying the vegetables on your second entree of your four course meal was good, and the rest of it was crap. All right, fine. Well, I mean, I'm not saying Raw was my show of the week. I'm just trying to give Raw the benefit of the doubt a little bit. Raw is the show of the week. No, no, it's not. I'm saying I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying I'm not. (laughs) I was gonna just blow a gasket if you were like Raw was the best show of the week. Are you nuts? No, no, it was. It was definitely SmackDown to me. It was definitely. I mean, NXT was good. 205 Live was good, but it was definitely SmackDown. Um, I mean. The main event scene of the WWE title involving everybody in the Elimination Chamber is great. Um, the, I mean, the Usos cut a really good promo against 
Shane O'Mac and Miz. So I'm looking forward to their confrontation at McMiz TV next week. I can't believe I just called it that. They called it that. I know. They did. Shane O'Miz. Well, Shane O'Miz. Miz O'Mac is better, actually. But whatever. Best tag team in the world. And then, you know what? The Usos rightfully called their asses out on that one. Um, I'm pretty pissed off right now, Ross. He is, he is heated. You thought he was heated. I'm hella heated right now. It doesn't count. And 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 you know what? My favorite part of SmackDown, besides the, the, the WWE title stuff, has got to be Ross's future fiance and Ross's competition. He keeps saying this. And it just cracks me up. It just cracks me up. Corey Graves worshiping the ground that Mandy Rose walks on is the funniest thing going on in WWE television right now. It is hysterical. It makes me want to sing Oh Mandy from Westlife, which I continuously sing to Ross, and he won't wow. let me sing on this podcast for... Even though you did to close the show last week. I All I said was Oh Mandy. No, it was Hey Mandy. Hey Mandy, Oh Mandy, it don't matter. It's your future fiance. Mandy. Do-do-do. Anyways, it's completely hysterical. Smackdown is my uh, show of the week. What a show this has been, everybody. What a... <laughs> I turned heel. Jorge turned heel. We both turned babyface halfway through it somehow. <laughs> it's the greatest part of the Double Turn podcast. There's only three people in wrestling history that can turn heel and turn babyface ten seconds later. Big Show? Uh, actually, no. I was getting, well, four of them. <laughs> I guess I could say four. It's the Big Show. Right. Uh, the Rock. Okay. And us. It's pretty we, impressive we list, can actually. Finally, we can finally be on the same level as The Rock in some capacity. I mean, life. look. Two of those four, actually, th- three of those four are Hall of Famers. Get your ass out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Notice how I added myself in there. Oh, my gosh. You, uh, and they call me a narcissist. Y- you will still be a curtain jerker. That's, that's really. <laughs> we, should we talk about the conversation that we had last week or earlier this week? Should we just close that off, close the show out with that quick Must conversation? we? I just, if you honestly think Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins are actually l- just a thing right now in WWE. Mm-hmm. Just can you take a bike, ride it to where there's a ledge, and go over a ledge? They're more relevant than the B team. I would be more relevant than they would be. And, and then you said that I wouldn't. That I mm-hmm. lose the horn swaggle. You said that I lose the Bianca Belair. I did. You said, I don't know. You put you you basically put me down. If I ever had dreams of becoming a WWE wrestler. Squash, squash them completely. Also, I would say that there's at least a storyline with Ryder and Hawkins. The Lucha House Party comes out and breaks rules. That's all they do. Well, they didn't break rules last night. Heavy Machinery have had one good match in WWE. I would say uh, Ryder and Hawkins are more relevant. Two good matches in WWE. Would you not say that the Fatal Four Way Tag Team match on Raw was getting good? Look, it was in a sea of ineptitude. Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't know the revival was inept. Have they been treated? Well, look. They're going to win the tag. <laughs> Listen, I think what they're doing is they're waiting till WrestleMania. Dawson to have wrestled with Razor at Royal. Ro- yes, they're irrelevant. Dash Wilder was too busy getting lost at the Phoenix Convention Center. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Where he was Akam? He went Akum? to the wrong arena. Where was Akam? He was injured. Drake Maverick could have wrestled instead. Drake Maverick is another guy from 205 Live that's making his presence known on the main roster. By the way, uh, Babyface 205 General Manager... And then heel manager for AOP. Okay. He yeah. is being groomed by Triple H to have 17 different versions of himself. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. If only he could go back to his rock star spud gimmick where he had like these horrendous suits that he wore everywhere. 
It was awesome. He's got terrible suits on now. No, no. Now they're just green. All right. We should probably end this show. The show has been unbelievable. Uh, you know what? It's Last another- week's show was absolutely fire. And this week's show, might I say, was actually pretty fire too. It's going to do it for the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast for the J-Man. This has been Boss Ross. Next week, we will have our preview and predictions for Elimination Chamber. That'll lay you all coming at you next week. Until then, we will catch you on the flip side. Ooh, ooh, too sweet. I hate you.